Hello, welcome to the New River Church Podcast. We're so pleased to have you join us today. We hope that today's message uplifts and inspires you. If you would like to learn some more about New River Church and what we're all about, just check us out at newriverchurch.org. give you an idea. I also loved looking at this because that's what I feel like sometimes <laughs> about myself there. Um, they're using nets that are used for evening fishing in deep water. So the, the fishermen would fish during the night because the fish would be active and feed closer to the surface at night. But fishing was backbreaking work. If Simon and the others were all toiling all night and they caught nothing, by the way, Catch anything? (laughs) Once fishermen beached their boats, they would eat breakfast. They would begin the process of cleaning, mending, stretching, drying, folding, and arranging the nets for the following night. If they didn't do that, the nets would rot and break. So Jesus is watching Peter. This is how I envision it hunched over, trying to maybe pry loose some slender, silky seaweed uh, that got caught in the net. Uh, I, I kind of picture Peter shivering a little as he's still drying himself off from being in the cold water, and the sun is getting higher and higher and just warming him up, and this is how Christ finds him. Not the best time. Fishermen were not at the top of society, and now you have a fisherman who didn't catch any fish. He's empty-handed, he's cold, he's feeling defeated, and somehow maybe a small part of him is persevering because he's not selling the net. He's still washing them, and this is how Jesus finds him. And he doesn't walk away, disgusted. He's on mission. Jesus is on mission for Peter. And I am so encouraged that this is the kind of Jesus we have. Some of us think that Jesus wouldn't want to come after a person like you. That he must just be so disgusted because you don't have anything to show him if he came looking for you. Maybe you haven't prayed in a while or you haven't read the word in a while. Uh, I remember when I was pastoring, there was a couple. They would fight almost every Sunday on the way to church. They would get to the parking lot and then drive back home. And when they shared this with me, that I was like, where, where have you been all these weeks? Sometimes it's like, we've been here in the parking lot, and we've driven back home. And I would say, like, why'd you do that? Like, we, we missed you. Well, well, they would say, well, I can't, we can't just show up at church like that. And I said, that's exactly the kind of person Jesus would welcome. And so do we. You think you, you want to show up and... Jesus is like a bouncer who's just going to block the door from you coming in. Or he's like, yeah, you can come in, but, you know, I'm going to pitch my nose and maybe you can sit in the lobby over there. And you want to show up impressive and holy and have it all together. Is that the kind of person Jesus loves to pursue? He'll he'll pursue everybody. But that person doesn't need Jesus. And I don't want to be part of a church like that. The church, I think Vance Havner, late Vance Havner said, is not a museum for saints. 
It's a hospital for sinners. A hospital for sinners. We're not here at a museum. We just kind of sit and look at each other. And everybody's got everything all taken care of and shirt buttoned up and everything's fine. Got your church face on. But this is a hospital for sinners. A hospital is messy. And that's where Jesus shows up, right in the mess. And New River is like that. And that's why I'm here. And that's why my family is here. And so, if you're here this morning burnt out, beat up, and tired, and defeated, and feeling futile, and cynical maybe, and all night long and caught nothing kind of person, this morning, this church in the name of Jesus opens wide her doors to you in welcome. He doesn't catch clean fish. He catches his fish and then he cleans them. Praise God. Like any good fisherman. John Stott says, why can't he just mind his own business? Talking about Jesus. We ask and leave us alone. To which he instantly replies that we are his business. And he will never leave us alone. And look at, look at Peter. He, he can't even fry him a sardine this morning. He's got nothing amazing to show him. All he's got is this rickety boat. And Christ takes it, gets in, and addresses the crowd on the shore. See, Jesus is not looking for the strong and capable people who have it all together like a huge ocean liner. He's on mission after those rickety boat-like people who are empty-handed, feeling defeated, drifting away, dead, lifeless, cold, lost. These are the people he wants on mission. Now, that's you today. That's good news. It's good news. Welcome. Welcome. You don't have to be a cruise ship. Good news. May we never outgrow our need for him to come after us. And so Jesus says, I'm still here after you. You jump off the boat a lot. You drift away. You leave me a lot. But I will come after you. And when Peter surrenders his most prized possession of his boat, Jesus turns that boat into a pulpit and throws the net of the gospel over its ears. You become, what happens is you become a platform to reach people. Uh, there's a great line in the film Air, which is the true story of basketball legend Michael Jordan um, from Chicago. Chicago. So I have to talk Michael Jordan here. But Michael Jordan's game-changing Nike shoe deal. Right? Viola Davis in the film, who plays Jordan's mother, has a great line. She says, a shoe is just a shoe until my son steps into it. A boat is just a boat until Jesus steps in. A heart is just a heart until Jesus steps into it. Joining Christ's mission is to embrace his mission for us. That's where we always start. He's always on mission for me and for you. Secondly, what is the kind of person, what is the kind of person on mission with Christ? Verses 4 to 9. What kind of mission is, what kind of person is on mission with Christ? Is it, is it somebody with great preaching ability or a theological degree or dynamic personality? All good things. But that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. Let's see what happens here. Jesus is done with the crowd, verse 4. But he's not done with Peter. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So I imagine Jesus saying amen. 
in my name. Like, I don't know how he, how would he finish it, but uh, he wraps up his teaching. Peter starts to head back to shore, and all of a sudden, Jesus says, uh, uh, hey, put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. That, that phrase there is saying, you're going to have a catch. We're going to catch something. Here, this, Jesus is teaching his disciples what being on mission is going to mean. Not so much what we do for mission, but what kind of people he's looking for on mission. Uh, by the way, let's stop asking God to use us. You can pray that. I, I pray that. Use me. But there's a better prayer. Lord, make me usable. He's like, he, God always wants to use us. Like, it's the same thing when people say, Lord, just be with me and just be with me and be with them and be with everybody and be with... He's, he's with you. We, he's gotta, we just got to open our eyes to see that he's with us, right? And the same thing, like, he wants to use you, but am I usable? Lord, make me usable. Uh, so th- three things here. What kind of person does Jesus looking for uh, to be on mission with him, to join him? First, surrender, somebody who surrenders in the insensible. Somebody who surrenders in the insensible. Uh, throw your, put your, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, wait a minute, right? Wait a minute. The son of a carpenter is telling a fisherman how to fish. Right? Just, just think about that for a second. This is a pretty demanding request. You're telling a man who hasn't slept all night who spent the entire night sorting through empty nets, not catching a single fish, who then had to beach the boat, load what seemed to be a thousand pounds of wet net onto the shore to clean them with his own hands and then dry them, only to have this rabbi demand that we throw out the net again and in the daytime. I mean, he could have said just... Why don't you stick to building furniture? (laughs) Mr. Carpenter turned rabbi. Leave the fishing tips to us experts. This is like me going over to stores and asking Coach Hurley to move over because I'm going to explain to the Huskies how to win another championship. See, I did my research. You know, call security, right? (laughs) Who's this guy? Look at verse 5 here. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. Simon says master, which is another word for rabbi. Respectful term. He's trying to be respectful. Submission to authority here. Uh, But Peter is the head fisherman. But he's like, hey, I want to be respectful, but we got nothing (laughs) We caught nothing, right? Fish are at the surface at night. This is day. At your word, though, I will let down your nets. I will trust your word more than my perceptions. It wasn't a bold faith. It wasn't a lot of faith. It appears to be a reluctant faith. But nonetheless, it's faith willing to obey. See, we say, show me, God, and I will believe you. And God says, believe me, and I will show you. Here's the newsflash. Loved ones, Jesus knows mission. Jesus knows ministry. 
Jesus knows about running your life better than you do. May the Lord free us from thinking that just because we fished a few waters that we now know how to run our lives or our church, where our nets should be dropped better than him. And I love that this is how he meets us, right? Right in the middle of my life, where I live, where I work, where I shop, the classroom, the hospital, the office, the kitchen, or as even as uh, our sister shared last week, in the middle of homeschooling boys. He asks us to trust him, and it's just strange sometimes and insensible. But what? Take the coworker to lunch or coffee and hear their story? No, no, they already know I'm a Christian and they don't want to hear it. Stop and apologize to your kid for overreacting and being harsh. I mean, I'm the parent. Invite that neighbor to, to your housewarming. Uh, is that weird? <laughs> Insensible. Insensible. Um, or pick up your family and uproot them from Chicago to go to Connecticut? <laughs> Wait, What? What? <laughs> oh, at this point in my life, I, I, can ne- I, I can never tell God how I want him to use me or how my life should work out, <laughs> right? If you try to manage Jesus, meaning work out your life plan and then ask him to bless it, he, you will be in shock because he will just laugh and rip it up and throw it away. Not because he's stingy, but because his ways are far more glorious. And far more wonderful. And he refuses to be managed by us. He is unmanageable. Unmanageable. I hate that. (laughs) So our posture is surrender. It's surrender. Surrendering our rights. And may I mess with you a little bit here. I know I've earned all of your trust yet. But surrender our rights for people not to use our ideas for ministry. Surrender our rights on Sunday to talk to whoever we want. I got my rights, you do. Surrender your day when it doesn't go as planned. Surrender our time when we put our kids down and it's time to eat and that's just when they start crying. So, uh, surrender. Let our posture be one of surrender. Lord, I surrender my rights to stay comfortable. I need to continually surrender. I need to continually surrender. I take my net and I'm like, okay, I need to strategize. I need to vision cast. It's good to do that. My hopes and dreams. And Jesus keeps saying, it's going to be my word. It's going to be my word that brings fruit, not your understanding or strategy. Surrender in the insensible. Secondly, persevere in the ordinary. Persevere in the ordinary. Look at verse 6. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Well, the men take the weighted nets and heave them into the sea. The nets sink and there's still silence. Right? Peter holds, I can just saw a picture, and Peter holds the rope next to Jesus. He takes a deep breath, feeling kind of dumb, doing this in the middle of the day. What is he now? What is he thinking? <laughs> and then as he's holding the net, all of a sudden, tug. Then another. Then another, and the nets come alive, and it starts jumping in their hands. A burst of adrenaline blast 
through their weary bodies, and every concentration is now focused on the catch, the surface, then churns with fish slapping the sea and flashing in the sun. The fishermen, they're straining at the ropes because, and a few of the entwined squares snap. But see the, see the words, were breaking? In other words, it was in the beginning process of straining. That means if the nets had not been washed and not been dried, they would have broken completely already and the catch would have been lost immediately. Those hours spent washing and drying was actually preparation for the large catch that was coming. Sometimes we wonder, what's the point of doing the same thing over and over and over again? The answer is, there is no fruit in the kingdom without perseverance. Being faithful in the mundane. They caught nothing, but they still went and cleaned their nets. If they hadn't done that, they would have lost this. They didn't give up. Where do you need to persevere this morning, loved ones? Maybe it's in ministry, a difficult relationship, it's parenting, it's taking care of aging parents, it's marriage. Persevering in the ordinary. And let me also just encourage, I love so many of you wearing multiple hats, serving in so many capacities. As many of you today, I have been so blessed to see you another Sunday, another worship set, another day of helping in the nursery, or Grow Zone, Youth Ministry, doing the sound, thank you, welcoming people, life group leading, on and on and on and on. Another day of praying for the lost loved one who's rejected the gospel. I just thank God for you. And often it's easy to get frustrated because you don't see any real outward fruit. It seems like you're catching nothing and you're washing nets. But it's never one life group meeting. It's never one message. It's never one one prayer meeting, one children's lesson that changes people. Eugene Peterson would say it's long obedience in the same direction. One blogger says, even church going is a spiritual habit, a beautiful one. We should not lift up the occasional visit to church in which we expect to be awestruck by our experience with God to change us, which he can do that. Instead, recognize the power of frequent and regular visits to church, the ongoing habit of singing praise to God and hearing him speak through his word. It's not the one sermon that changes your life, but the thousand sermons you hear over a decade. It's not the one worship experience that forms you, but the weekly rhythm of refocusing your heart and mind on God who made you as you praise the Savior who redeemed you and sends the Spirit who indwells you. Do the ordinary over a long period of time. Washing nets over and over, and sometimes there's a catch. See, if they hadn't done the ordinary, they wouldn't have caught the extraordinary. And you never know what God's going to do to use the faithful mundane routines of life to show you the depths of his net-breaking fullness and his power. So, persevering in the ordinary, surrendering in the insensible. One more kind of person Jesus loves to use. Somebody who's wonder-filled at grace. Wonder-filled at grace. I look at, look at what happens there. There's a miracle, right? Fish. Everyone's picking up the fish like collecting coins out of a jackpot machine. And Peter, but where's Peter? He's not even looking at the fish. Verse 8. 
he, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Peter is in the corner on his knees. Revelation has hit home. This is no human Messiah. This master's dominion reaches even to the depths of the sea. No, Peter, Jesus is not just Lord of the synagogue, but he is Lord in your place of expertise as well. And soon Peter will see that his dominion reaches everywhere as this Lord will use him to fill his net with so many souls he won't even know what to do with them. And Peter looks at Jesus in amazement, their eyes locked. It was as though Jesus, who called up all of the creation of fish to rise to the surface, causes Peter's sin to rise to the surface as well. Remember he was calling him rabbi and master and here what does he call him? Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. Lord. Lord. I see the word astonished. Verse 9. He and all who were with him were astonished. Awestruck. Filled with wonder. This is how you know if you're a Christian. And not just a religious person. If you're a religious person. And you're asked the question, why are you a Christian? They say, well, my parents were. I needed to find a church. My mom wanted me to. I decided one day. But a follower of Christ would start laughing. I can't believe it. Me? Me? Is this a joke? He found me? Me, a Christian, like if you really knew me, if you saw me on Thursday morning, you would be laughing in astonishment. It's amazing. What am I, me, doing here? And year after year, you're just in awe, wonder. What are you doing still in my boat, Jesus? I have given you every reason to leave, and you refuse, and I'm in awe and wonder, and astonishment. You're overwhelmed by it. You know who gets wonder? Little children. The moon, the stars, the zoo. It's so easy for them. And then we get older, and I was like, ho-hum. But have you lost the wonder of your salvation? Are you still amazed that you are still here after all of our foolishness, our foibles, our fumbles, and our fears, our backslidings, and our betrayals, our prayerlessness and powerlessness, our apathy and our anger, our doubts and discouragements and despair, our complaining and our criticisms, our pain and our problems, our sorrow and our selfishness, you're still here following Jesus. Does it still hit you like the old hymn, died he for me who caused his pain? For me for who, to whom death pursued amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? You're full of wonder that Christ and his love has not let you go. But Jesus doesn't leave Peter with that confession. He says, leave. He does stays. And then he says, finally. In verse 10, Jesus says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. 
See, what Jesus is telling Peter is that your humility and your awareness of your sin does not disqualify you from my service. In fact, they are, those qualities are prerequisites for service. It doesn't call the qualified, but he call, qualifies the called. Jesus doesn't turn back on the sinner, includes the sinner for his tasks, and it's surrendering, persevering, ordinary, broken sinners, wonder-filled at his grace that he's used. See, all that you, we have, that it only, you, have, you get heaven's anointing when you are broken. Now, Pastor Crawford Lurid says, brokenness is just a prominent awareness of a God neediness. It's proactive surrender. God doesn't use what we bring to the table, but what we surrender. It's not the amount of gifts we have, but the depths of dependence. He says, I want to encourage you to stop looking at your limitations as hindrances or anchors to God working through your life. The fact that you don't feel qualified to do what you are doing is the very reason why God has placed you where you are. You are reminded daily that if God doesn't come through for you, you are dead in the water. See, we're like, man, if I look awesome, God looks good. And God is like, no, if you are weak, I look strong. Amen. Lastly, then, joining Christ on mission is understanding Christ has a mission for the world. He's got a mission for the world. Let me share briefly here. Like Whoever is caught by Jesus must be in the business of catching others. That's why he saved us. So we're not just called to uh, keep an aquarium. Right? He said, do not be afraid from now on. You will be catching men, really, humanity. This is not New River SeaWorld or New River Aquarium. We are not here to check off something on a sun- checklist on a Sunday. We're not here for any clicks or people just want to hang out with each other. We're not here to be consumers. As we gather today, as somebody said, it's, we are an audience. We're not an audience of spectators. My heart, our heart, is we want to be an assembly of disciple makers. Loved ones, there are people today who are headed for a Christless eternity. And we, are, we were one of them. If you have known Jesus, he's, if he's caught you, if he's pulled you into his heart, but the only reason he pulls you into his heart is to push you out to bring others into that same heart. Pull, pulled in to be pushed out. That's why we exist, for the lostness around us. So mission is not something you are called to. It's what you are saved for. It's not my job or pastors, Doug's or elders or life groups or every member, all of us. That's why you are saved. You're like, I'm not called to the. You are saved for that reason. And we trust him to fill the nets. The fish are his. And we might find that he will give us more than we can handle. So again, why is our posture this way? I don't want you to leave here, walk out of here, and be like, i got to work on my surrender, I'm going to work on my faithfulness, I'm going to, uh, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to buckle down, and I'm going to, he demands my life, my soul, my all. No, 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 I failed. If that's how you're going to walk out of here with a bunch of stuff to go do, right? I'm not sure surrender happens that way. Surrender to Christ. How are you going to get this heart to do this? 
Surrender to Christ happens when your heart is captured by Christ's surrender for you, for us. So if you're like, demands my life, my soul, my all, that, that part of the hymn, there's a, there's a phrase right before that. It is, love so amazing demands my life, my soul, my all. See, the God of the universe left it all to come after me. Right? Christ on mission for me. His posture was always surrender. He surrendered his right to use his power whenever he wanted. He surrendered his rights, his time, and finally he surrendered his life. Why? Love so amazing. He loved me that much. He would jump onto a cross and throw himself under the ocean of the wrath of God so I can float on top. So today he jumps into broken boats and broken sinners and dazzles them with grace and then sends them on missions. And Peter knows this. And sometime later, you, if you know the story, Peter's going to fail again. He will deny Christ and Christ pursues him again. Peter will find a Christ who keeps pursuing him and he will slowly learn what ministry and mission and living on mission means through his failures. As he continues to plunge his failure, remember that breakfast by the... By the sea in John 21, he will plunge his failure, Jesus says, plunge your failure into the, my grace. Be humbled by that grace over and over. Humbled by my constant pursuing of you. Surrendering your life to me again and again and again. And find that uh, we might be used to haul in a catch we never could have imagined. Us. 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 Let's pray. The altar will be open here if you want prayer. The worship team comes up here. Maybe the Lord's calling you to surrender in some insensible way. And maybe you've heard it and you've been ignoring it for a while. Maybe something new today. And you want to surrender. You can come and pray. Maybe you are tired of persevering. And you want to give up washing nets over and over. Need some grace. Come and pray. Maybe you lost the wonder of grace, the joy of your salvation. Come and pray. We welcome you. Jesus welcomes you as you are. Come repentant, but come rejoicing. Repentant of the sinfulness of our sin, but rejoicing at the graciousness of his grace. The one who surrendered his life. That was insensible, Jesus, for you to do that, to save me. Doesn't make any sense. Jesus. My Savior, we too, like Peter this morning, fall at your feet. I fall at your feet. I too often rely on my experience, my expertise, instead of faith and humility. Forgive me, Lord, for wasted hours, unspent opportunities, prayerless days, so much activity without intimacy. So often, clinging on to self-importance, like a master fisherman thinking I know it all. And this morning, I surrender. Lord, we surrender. 
toiling all night and catching nothing. Jesus, we deserve you to leave our boat. But again, here you are, unbudging, immovable, more committed to me than I am to you, with more grace in your heart than sin in mine, on mission for us over and over and over. Oh, love that will not let us go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give you the life that I owe. Cast the net over my wandering heart, over our wandering hearts, Lord. Hold us and pull us in so deep into your heart that we can't help but to be pushed out to bring others in. We pray for our church. Jesus, pray for those who are not yet here. So many of our loved ones, I know it, it's kids and spouses and friends and neighbors and coworkers and parents. They're not here yet. They're lost without you. And so we pray, take this rickety old boat. A new river overflow her banks with fish from the sea of humanity. In Jesus' name we pray that, God. All caught by you, the master fisherman. You've always blessed the little. And so would you use us, repentant, broken sinners, as your net together as a team to do that. For Jesus' sake we pray. In his name we ask. Amen. You stand with us. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. When you speak, when you changes what we see and what we see when you come in the room when you do what only you can do it changes us it changes
Thanks for listening. That wraps up today's word. We are grateful you joined in. And if you would like to hear more or learn more about us, feel free to check things out over at newriverchurch.org. 